What's tricky about exercise addiction, however, is that it's it can be easy to cover up. Think about it. So back then, and even now in current culture, we praise those who work out hard. We admire them with awe, thinking, if only I had that body. If only I had enough willpower to work out that much. If only I was that strong or that dedicated, and the list goes on. Welcome to Let's Thrive the Podcast, a place for holistic storytelling with none of the BS and a whole lot of fun. I'm your host, Emily Feichels, and my mission is to interview guests that inspire, educate, and empower you to live your best life. In these stories, you'll see a part of your own journey reflected in theirs and learn to grow from it. And with that said, let's thrive. Hi there, and welcome back to the Let's Thrive Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Feichels. And this episode is part of my mini solo episode Q&A session series that I really need a better name for. I decided a while ago that I want to start integrating more of these solo episodes with just me or maybe a fun Q&A series with a friend, whatever it is. They'll just come out every other week or every week. I'm thinking Monday. We'll see where I go with it. But Either way, if you make sure to be subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, you will never miss an episode, regardless of when I decide to throw one out there. So so without the need for an intro, because this is the actual episode, we'll just jump right into today's topic, which is how I shifted my mindset around food and exercise, aka how I overcame exercise addiction and how I'm still dealing with it, actually. So This is a topic that I think many of us can actually relate to, and I'm just excited to speak my truth on it. Hopefully it resonates with one of you, at least one of you, that would make my day. Let me know if it does. So from the time I was about, let's say, eight years old, I can remember bits of diet culture in the world around me. You know, just in the conversations adults were having, in the magazines, on the stands, on TV, I knew that there were these things called calories and that people were burning them off and the exercise was a big thing and I knew everyone wanted abs and everyone wanted to be fit. And in my mind, you know, that just meant that that old idea of, you know, just calories in, calories out, nothing else with it. And I was deeply wrong. Um, So as a kid, to me, exercise just meant movement. So This meant walking our dogs and playing soccer, sled riding in the winter, and swimming in the summer. I wasn't a very athletic or fit kid, so to speak, but I was always active. You know, that's just how kids naturally are. We we move naturally. We don't need these exercise regimens. And then, you know, years passed and my mom eventually passed away. And, you know, I just went through a phase of depression where I wanted nothing more than to sit on my couch and just watch Netflix or watch TV or read, whatever it was. And that kind of lasted for about a year until I got on this like crazy mindset to be healthy. And so when I was about, I think like 11 or 12, I made it my mission to never get cancer because that meant death to me. So the first thing that pops into my mind is let's, you know, let's get started. So I went on Pinterest and any other health magazine, like I think the one magazine was called 17 or something. And of course, whenever I looked up, you know, back then, uh, like 2011, I'd search how to not get cancer because I was afraid of getting that since my mom had it. And the one thing that kept coming up was how obesity contributes to it. And back then, the media was even worse about these type of things. And diet culture was so heavy-minded. And so to me, 
I just realized, you know, hey, I have to lose that extra weight that my doctor advised me to and now the online world suggesting I do it. So, you know, if I don't want to get cancer, if I don't want to die, if I want to be healthy, I need to lose weight. That's when I first became exercise, you know, attracted to the world of exercise. Uh, It would soon develop into like an obsession, addiction, and that's a topic I want to talk about today because truly, (laughs) you do not want to fall into it. And so let's break it down, give a look at it, and I'll just share some experience advice tips in case you think you, you know, maybe are going through this. So my mindset around food and exercise became this. It was, I could eat X amount of calories, but I had to burn X amount of calories in order to be healthy, which is so wrong when you really break things down, but that's what my 12-year-old self, 12, 13, whatever age, year-old self thought, because that's what I was taught by media, magazines, the internet. Don't get your, you know, education from the internet, kids. So, I had this journal where I tracked my food intake with my exercise burn and a log of my weight. And even saying I did that makes me feel all icky inside. But hey, we all live and learn. No judgments here. So now some of you may be thinking, I don't have exercise addiction. I never did that. Blah, blah, blah. Emily, you were a dumb child. Wrong. I was very smart. But no, all joking aside, let's just examine where exercise addiction, obsession, can start and how it looked like for me and maybe you can relate. So as I mentioned before, it started out innocently. I wanted to be healthy. So I had to work myself up to even running a mile, to surviving a 20-minute online workout, or to being able to curl five-pound weights. But what's fascinating about us as humans is that we always want more. So long story short, my excitement in the beginning for just doing these basic fitness moves that were actually probably good for me as a developing kid to you know, push my heart and my body in that way. However, you know, as they started out innocent and just as basic fitness moves, they morphed into an obsession to do more, burn more, sweat more, and lose more. Suddenly, I found myself not feeling accomplished or content with a workout unless I had run five miles or did an hour on the elliptical or did two to three online workouts in a row. I just, I always had to be doing more than what I was doing before because it becomes addicting in that way. To watch the numbers on the scale drop, to watch the calorie burn increase, to need new clothes, and to keep track of it all in a little app or notebook, it's all just one big mindfuck that will never end well. I mean, addiction never ends well, let's just put that out there, but it does end well, but not unless you get the help you need to move past it. So what's tricky about exercise addiction, however, is that it's, it can be easy to cover up. Think about it. So back then, and even now in current culture, we praise those who work out hard. We admire them with awe, thinking, if only I had that body. If only I had enough willpower to work out that much. If only I was that strong or that dedicated, and the list goes on. I mean, tell me, when was the last time you heard someone say, ugh, Sally goes to the gym way too often. I think she has a problem. Nope, never, I have never heard that phrase. Um, Instead, you hear or you yourself say, oh my, Sally is such a motivation. She's going to the gym all the time, losing that weight. I mean, look how fit she is. And that, my friends, is diet culture speech mixed with exercise addiction obsession. We are praising those who, you know, some people probably have a normal relationship and some probably don't, but there's 
no real talk out there about how this can become an addiction and an obsession. So the first step that I did was to actually realize I even had a problem, which is easier said than done. Believe it or not, it was actually through a podcast that I even learned of the term exercise addiction, and it was through listening to the guest's experience with it that I realized, oh shit, this is interesting, and that got me thinking. So I actually had to think about it quite a bit, um, and I asked myself these questions of, was I actually obsessed? No, I don't think so. Does exercise ruin my, my life schedule? Only sometimes. Do I feel bad about myself when I don't move sweat enough? Well, yeah, but dot, dot, dot. Let's just quit it right there. It became clear to me that asking myself those questions, one, I could hardly answer myself honestly, and two, when I did answer honestly, even I was able to see that's probably not the right response. And truth be told, you may need to ask yourself these questions multiple times until you do speak the truth to yourself or to someone else. So when I got really honest with myself, I realized a few things. My only rest days consisted of still, um, you know, hour-long yoga with a two-plus-mile walk, and that was me taking it easy. Red flag. I'd feel bad if I didn't sweat enough or burn X amount of calories or last X amount of minutes. Red flag. I determined what to eat based off of my exercise for the day. Major red flag. I would sometimes do exercises twice a day if I didn't have enough time to do enough in the morning. Red flag. I would skip events and outings if it would interfere with my exercise regimen. Major red flag. These are all red flags, and yet I didn't see that in the moment. It wasn't until I really did the work, broke it down, and analyzed myself and my habits that I realized, oof, I might need to work on this. So, a way I suggest you do this is to, one, write it all down in a journal. Do it maybe two, three, or four days in a row. Ask yourself those questions and see if your answers change until you get as truthful as possible with yourself. Seeing the words written before you or typed before you, whatever it is, makes it hella clear that, oh shit, did I just write that? <laughs> uh, yes, it helps you spot your own red flags, and that is the first step. You need to accept it, see it, recognize it as an issue. If you can talk it out with someone, that always helps. Maybe bring up the topic in therapy if you go, or find a friend. Say, hey Susie, do you ever feel like I work out too much? Or am I always thinking or talking about food and exercise? See what they say. Some may just be ingrained to diet culture and say, no, you have no issue with it. Or maybe you have an amazing friend and they see it and they say it and they say, hey, I think you might want to work on this. Who knows? Either way you do it, the core solution is to be honest with yourself and have grace. It may take a while to overcome this, but you can do it. And so once you've admitted to having this issue, it's time to resolve it. Over Overcoming exercise addiction is not always easy or fun. It takes a lot of mental work, mental strength, but you leave with a stronger mind and a better mindset. Plus, you get your life back, so yay, that's fun. Now, I am not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what other... Uh, <laughs> you guys just know I'm just a podcast host um, amongst many other things, but I am not a medical professional in any sense, so this is not medical advice or therapy advice, if that's a thing. This is just my experience and what I've learned through my experience and through talking with others and through reading and researching and doing all my own things to overcome this. 
Everyone is unique, so find something that works for you, but here are a few ideas. So first, for me, I was personally a cardio junkie, obsessed with a capital O. So the first thing I did was set boundaries. I could only do cardio training two to three times a week, and the other days would be for strength training or yoga, bar, things like that. And most important, I would only work out once a day. If I felt the tug to work out later in the afternoon, I would rearrange my schedule or do something to deflect that urge. So I'd go for a walk with, you know, family, go for a walk by myself. Um, I'd go to the kitchen and bake. I'd do something to distract myself until that tug, that er that urge to work out again went away. And for some of you, you might be able to be a bit more relaxed with the first step or you might need to be a bit more intense with the first step. But for me, that worked. You know, at first it was very uncomfortable. I remember feeling like an itch under my skin, constant thoughts of I I just want to do more cardio or I just need to do some hit or I need a quick second workout. But the important thing is that when those thoughts came up, I didn't let them take me. So, you know, every now and then you might slip. But what's important is that you don't keep sliding downhill. Instead, you get up, you brush yourself off and you keep on going. And that's what happened. Some days I would give in and just go for the extra run. And the next day, I would make myself do yoga or I just compensate for it in some way of giving my body proper rest and just really learning from that mistake of, you know, I really do want to heal my relationship. Now, I did it that way because I knew I needed to start with a small change and grow from there. It's easy to make one little change and then, you know, a week or two later, make another little change. That's just how I work best. And I will say that walking was huge for me in this time because I'm someone that does like movement in the a.m. and p.m. or a.m. and afternoon because it breaks up my day, it feels best for me, I don't get all stiff and achy. So instead of working out twice a day like I used to, I would take, I would make that swap and go for a walk with my dog or friend or family. So hot tip, keep that in the back of your mind. And I will say that at one point I was feeling old habits start to creep in so instead of just testing the waters and seeing if those old habits would take over, I took an entire month off exercise and all I did was yoga in the morning and walks in the afternoon or evening. And it was glorious, actually. I would do that again just because, I mean, it feels so good on the body. Your body just feels so rested. And it's important to remember, you know, movement isn't bad. Exercise isn't bad. It's when you become so obsessed and addicted with it that it takes over, uh, just like with food, alcohol, so forth, all the addictive habits. However, for some of you, you may need to take a bit more drastic turn of events than just making some simple swaps here and there. So I actually had someone on the podcast, um, Aaron from Aaron Lives Whole. I'll have the episode number linked below in the show notes. You can go to it. And we actually talk about her journey to overcoming exercise addiction and eating disorders. And she did it very differently than me. And it's a way that some of you may need. So for her, she really needed to go all in all at once. So with the support of friends, family, and a therapist, she took an entire year off of exercise, which is amazing. And if you feel your heart clench and anxiety at the mere thought of that, that might give you an inclination of, you know, how you're at with this whole exercise addiction obsession thing. Um, so maybe take an entire week off, maybe take an entire month off, or if you really need it and you have the support, maybe take a couple months off or an entire year, whatever it is, like 
to just live with no exercise and just get your movement from the daily movements of living or walking is amazing. And if you listen to that episode, she really goes into detail about it and how it worked for her. So highly recommend if you think you may need a bit more drastic turn of events. And I'm sure there are 101 other ways to do this because it truly is unique to each of us. Maybe your issue is going to the gym too much, so try a month with no gym membership. Maybe your thing is just over-exercising in general, so try replacing it all with yoga, walking, or some other new type of exercise. Sometimes it can be that we're just addicted to one sort. So I had my love affair with running for a while, and then I took, I think it was like three months in a row with no running, and now I can determine when I actually want to run and when I'm just feeling compelled to. So that was, you know, something that also worked for me. And another great way to start this is working out with others if you have access to that. So instead of being by yourself and always overdoing it, uh, always going longer than you planned on it, plan a few workouts with friends or a class that has a definite start and a definite end time. And when that's done, you're done for the day. That might help you as well. So I truly think overcoming exercise addiction and obsession can change your life. I'm here for you if you need support, advice, or just a friend to chat with. I could share a lot more about how I did it. You know, if you wanted to, just shoot me an email, send me a DM. Um, We can chat. I'd love to connect. And I'm just saying, you guys, you'd be amazed at how much more time, energy, and fun you have when exercise isn't controlling you. And it is a big part of recovery of from exercise addiction, but also from any sort of eating disorder where exercise oftentimes plays hand-in-hand with restriction restricting or binging or any of those habits that come into play so overcoming this hurdle in your life can really open the door for so much growth and expansion so reach out to me I'd love to help you more I can direct you to some other resources I'll try to link some other people that I admire who have done this in the show notes below and just yeah give it a thought let me know what you thought of this episode as well I have more planned and this one was a bit on the fly so I hope I wasn't too ramble ramble or um, off course but I hope you enjoyed it and I hope it resonates with at least one person. So find me on Instagram at Emily Feichels and at Let's Thrive Podcast. Let me know your thoughts on this mini episode series and let me know your thoughts on this topic. Let's connect, let's chat and as always if you want to support the show You can share it on your Instagram stories. You can leave a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you subscribe, you'll always know when there's a new episode. Makes life easy, right? So much love, much appreciation. Talk to you guys next week. Bye.